It's Wednesday, May the 8th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And Will, you're back after a big doggies win. Yeah, look, to be honest, I don't think I'm actually right to be back. I feel like, uh, you know, Spencer held his place in the team. Uh, I feel Mm. like I'm not fully recovered, you know, from injury. Uh, I've essentially rushed my way back into the seniors based on the fact that I'm not sure the Bulldogs will have a win that good uh, for the rest of the season. So I felt like if I was going to miss another week, I can miss miss next week when we probably lose. Uh, I can't. I can't miss this week. Uh, there's so much to celebrate in Bulldogs land that I had to get up for this game. Uh, even though that I'm underdone, I'm probably not going to bring my A game. There's going to be a lot of questions, Jordan Lewis style, about whether I should still be playing, whether I'm still contributing to the podcast, or whether it's time for me to be retired out into, uh, you know, uh, get some fresh blood. The rebuild of the Two Guys One Cup brand. I think it's about team balance, Will. Um, Sure, you're a bit underdone, but I think that if we'd had Spencer, if Spencer had held his spot, then it would be two guys talking about losing teams. And and we don't want that. We want team balance. So at least the doggies had a win. So sure, you are underdone, but I figure like an 80% Will Anderson is going to be better than 100% Adam Spencer after a loss. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a good point. I mean, and, and Spencer won't hear this because he did say on the podcast that he doesn't listen to it when the Swans lose. So yeah. I, I imagine we can say whatever we want about Spence this year and he's not going to hear any of it. Um, it was amazing, the Bulldogs. I got to watch the game. I did not go. I was invited to the game, but uh, I've uh, had a lot of stuff going on in my uh, real world. So I did not go along, but I, I did get the opportunity to sit down in front of the TV and uh and watch the game. And as you know, Charlie, I'm not a huge fan of watching the Bulldogs play live. It's not something that I no. um, really enjoy. No, and it's, an, about it's fi- an endurance test for you more than anything. Yeah, it really is. And um, <laughs> I was about 15 minutes into the first quarter and we were kicking badly in front of goal again. And it was just all the same things that have been happening the last few weeks. And there was a part of me that was like, you know, I haven't watched Game of Thrones yet. I could just, I could watch Game of Thrones on my Saturday night instead of watching this for the rest of the night. But I was like, no, 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 no. You know what? They're probably going to lose tonight, but this is a good opportunity to just watch them play, see where they're at, you know. And then I was so glad that I made the decision to do that, Charlie, because it was actually, I mean, I I can't imagine the Bulldogs will play a better game than that, um, you know, for the rest of the season. And in fact, if anything, I think it was almost the best game I've seen them play since the 2016 grand final. I just thought they were fantastic. Now, obviously, it would be handy to us if every team we play for the rest of the season is missing their four best players. That certainly helps a little bit. But mm. we do traditionally play quite well against Richmond. And um, to see Bontempelli just, you know, playing so magnificently, but... More than that, to see the astronaut, uh, Aaron Norton, a guy who was going to be our our only hope in the back line like five weeks ago, who now is the modern day coming of uh, Chris Grant. To just see him play that game, I I can't remember when I've seen a guy mark that well. Like, Mm. you watch the AFL these days, and even the best marks are all sort of two grabbers. Mm. But he, he just 
every time the ball went to him, he'd just take it in one grab. It was amazing. He reminded me of a young Levi Casbolt, but could kick. <laughs> <laughs> like he does, he does have that kind of Strilo Buckets-esque, you know, just run and jump, grab the ball at the highest point and big sticky hands. Like, you're right. That was the thing. It was the one grabs. That's so impressive. Like, you really don't see that very often at full stretch or at full speed in a contested situation. Have a guy just have the ball stick to his hands like that. Soft hands, you might say, Will. Well, also, he just has that sort of very casual, instinctive, like, marking ability. Mm. So they're all really good marks, but not, he doesn't, it's not like he's going for big hangers or anything. He no. just takes really nice, you know, pack marks. I think Chris Grant is a good analogy. A, you know, obviously because of the color of his jumper, but Chris, Chris Grant had that, he was a superstar, but it was that workmanlike quality and that, and that kind of old school utility where, yeah, you could put him at some half back, but he could also chuck him forward if you needed like a clutch goal. It's very exciting stuff. I mean, it feels like that kind of season where, Apart from, I reckon, Geelong, apart from Geelong and Collingwood, I feel like it's really topsy-turvy. Like, the, the journos are going to have so much to write this year because, you know, two weeks ago, the Saints were the toast of the town. Now the bubble has burst. And Richmond were, you know, two, three wins in a row. And, you know, they're, they're overcoming the injuries. And it's just going to – I feel like apart from Geelong and Collingwood, it's going to be like that for the rest of the year where – you know, you just your team is going to have patches where they lose three in a row and then they'll win two in a row and they'll lose three in a row. And win. That, that middle table, those middle table teams are just going to be frustrating this year. Well, we've spoken before about, you know, the camaraderie down at Richmond, mm. uh, you know, and the fact that they all appear to be best friends. Uh, we may have even made the uh, comparison to the TV show Entourage yes. at different times. Well, there was nothing that looked more entourage than the shots that they had of the players who weren't out on the field. Did you see any of this where nah. they would cross to the box? And they, so they would have yeah, Rance and Rewalt and all those guys were just up in this box watching the game. And Jack Rewalt was sitting in a way that could not have been more out of the TV show Entourage. <laughs> like, I think there's a term called manspreading. He yeah. was certainly making sure his opponent couldn't get anywhere near him, even in the corporate box where they were watching the football. Did they have sunglasses on at night? One of them's constantly texting. I mean, there was that real feel of like, it looked less like they were all sitting around watching the game and more like they were doing a photo shoot where they were meant to simulate how cool guys would sit around and watch a game. Was it, okay. Was it more cool guy than when Chris Hemsworth and Matt Damon saw the Bulldogs play in round one or round two? Yes, because... Right. Because that was just two that, that was two actual cool guys becoming footy nuffies, right? Yeah, yeah. They weren't actually trying to be cool guys. Whereas this looked like a photo shoot where they went, hey, everyone, just act cool. <laughs> like, it was like Jack Rewalt basically had been studying pictures of people acting cool and had tried to replicate the cool look. He was like up in the corner of the box, like up on something elevated and then just kind of leaning in the corner and then just like legs spread and sort of cocked at the same time. It's a good question, actually. Like, if you have to nominate, who is the coolest player in the league? Like, I mean, I know Nat Fife desperately wants that title. But, you know, I mean, I don't, I feel like with Nat, it's just a little too practiced. But is there a player that you're like, he seems like a cool guy? Okay, so naturally cool as opposed to... Naturally cool, to, and not yeah. just in demeanor, but also their style, their individuality, all that kind of stuff. That's a really good question, actually. Who is the coolest? Who's the Fonz just, of the AFL? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Alex, is Alex Rance cool? Nah. No. <laughs> no. Okay, no. good. I'm just I mean, I'm ruling out. Ma- Max Gorn, if he didn't look like Max Gorn, but Max Gorn has the attributes of a cool guy because, you know, he's... He, you know, he's he's an individual. He, you know, has that. Doesn't he have like a a cafe he runs out of his garage or something? Well, he used like to. That. He used to have the pop up cafe in his garage. Now he has a wine bar. But he looks like a bloody Jim Henson Muppet. So, <laughs> like, he's let down just on the physical front. But there's got to be a dude who's like, he's a real cool guy. I mean, I will say this about Maxi Gorn. One of the things that does make him a bit cool is that he looks a bit like a barista, even though, you know, he's got that look. But also, he used to have a dart, a cheeky dart on the way to training, which is the sort of thing a cool guy would do, you know, smoking around the back of the shelter sheds. Like the idea that he was having a dart in his car on the way to training, like that is kind of classic cool guy behavior. Well, I guess you've got to look to the AFLX and all those arrivals. So mm. what? You had Alex Rance arriving on a skateboard. Mm. Um, you had Tipper or Waller showing up. Um, who else? Eddie Betts. Well, uh, Nat Fife, obviously. I mean I, I, I mean, I think you keep going back to Nat Fife for the pure image of it. But it feels a bit pretentious. Is there a guy who's genuinely like, you feel like you hung out with him, you'd be like, wow, man, I really like him. He's a cool guy. Who's the coolest guy at the Saints? Let's do it club by club. Who's the coolest guy at the Saints? Is the coolest guy at the Saints? I don't reckon we have one. I don't. I don't know if we have any. Is cool Josh guys. Bruce cool? Uh yeah. But then he's had a kid and he's cut his hair and he's gotten all like sensible. <laughs> like he was a cool guy. <laughs> used to be cool, man. He used to be cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if we have any particularly cool guys. I mean, we got a lot of. We got a lot of. Uh, Got a lot of jokers. Like if you if you take the captain to sort of you know be the epitome of, of you know what your team represents. Like Jaron Geary is just like this is what they always say about Jaron Geary. It cracks me up. He always knows when to have a laugh, but he knows when to knuckle down. That that's Jaron Geary. He's Jaron Geary's not cool. He's a no nonsense kind of captain. Um, what about Adelaide? Who's the coolest guy at Adelaide? Tex. I mean, he's got the coolest uh, name. Eddie Betts is cool. Eddie Betts is cool. I guess he is. Is he he's, cool? He's naturally cool. If you're talking about the opposite, he's not going out of his way yeah. to be cool, but yeah. he has just a natural presence that everybody likes. Like you'd be like, hey, Eddie's here. He's cool. Don't yeah. worry, Eddie's here. And, and Eddie cool. has that bad boy yeah. history as well, a bit like Dylan yeah. on 90210. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know that he used to do past. bad stuff in the day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but now he's cool. Now he's like a nice guy and he just still kicks excellent goals and everybody loves Eddie. Who's the cool guy? Uh, I reckon Patrick Cripps. He seems pretty cool, doesn't he? Like he seems like a, like he seems like another like good-looking rebel who plays by his own rules. Yeah, Cripps seems like yeah, but he seems almost a, a little bit nice to right. be cool. That's the only thing I would say about him. Like yeah. I would have thought at, at Carlton, who's your who's your cool player? At Charlie Kerno like, with his floppy hair. Yeah, I reckon that's more your vibe. You got your Charlie Kerno, maybe even like, is Dale Thomas still cool or is he like no, an old no. guy who's trying to be cool? Yeah, like, he's, like, he's yeah. like the guy who used to be cool. Yeah, he's like when you he's go, like, go to a high school party and there's some 25-year-old guy yeah. there trying to pick up chicks. Yeah, he's Matthew McConaughey in... Um, Dazed and Confused. That? Yeah, Dazed and Confused. <laughs> what about Collingwood? Who, who's a cool guy at Collingwood? Dugowie. Is Dugowie cool? Nah, Bogan. Yeah, but Bo, he's, he's probably the rock star, right? He's, if you walked into a room and Dugowie was there, I reckon he's the one who soaks up the No, 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 because he's like getting bitten by his dog. He's like the dude at a party who always pushes it too far. That's a, The cool guy sits in the corner being oh, yeah. mysterious okay. and enigmatic. Dugowie's yeah. the one putting a lampshade on his head. 
Okay, no, no, I, I'm I'm willing to admit that. That's that's fine with me. Is Darcy more cool? Yes. Yeah. Look at that hair. You've got to be cool to get away with that hair. Do you? It's a yeah. real fine line. But maybe that is the definition of cool. Is that like you know that thing where you're like, I think the people who are actually cool are the ones that you can't work out whether they're super cool or whether they're like it's just a complete and utter nightmare it's like fashion it's like high fashion it's very hard to tell often the difference between something that's high fashion and a homeless person who's just rolled around in rubbish yeah exactly and it's that thing too of like a cool guy you know often like when you meet someone who's very quiet i immediately assume they're cool because i'm like oh this guy's not trying to impress me so it could be like you know, at Collingwood, like maybe someone like Pendles or something. You know, Pendles sort of, you know, he just presents quite well. He doesn't need to raise it, draw attention to himself. He just gets the job done all the time. But I don't know, he doesn't look very cool, Pendles. Uh, you know who it feels like he's cool to me, but uh, 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 maybe he's not, is Jaden Stevenson. Um, Jaden Stevenson, because he's like, he seems nonplussed is what I would say. Like he, he seems to have that attitude of like, yeah, whatever, anything. But I heard this week, did you hear this, that... Apparently, he's playing without underpants. <laughs> is that allowed? <laughs> I don't know if there's rules, but... I mean, I there mean, should be rules. Forget though. socks. I know there's rules that you have to wear socks, but I think a whole new area for us to explore on this podcast is the idea that somebody might be playing without wearing underpants. That I Surely, that can't be true, right? That can't be true. And that's got to be dangerous to your balls and stuff, right? Like, Why that them keep swinging in around in a contest... Well, how do you not have it escape? I can imagine if you had the Eddie Betts style long shorts, but if you've just got a regulation pair of shorts, Mike Howell, can you Google Jaden Stevenson Collingwood and whether he wears underpants? Because I heard this on pretty good authority this week. Will, I know you reckon you've come back underdone, but mate, you are straight into the top shelf material. First 12 minutes on who's the coolest player at your club and then does Jaden Stevenson wear jocks? (laughs) What about Geelong? Who's cool at Geelong? I reckon Tim Kelly. Tim yes. Kelly. Because he's enig- enigmatic. He wants to go back to WA. He keeps guessing. And he tri- look, he's just a superstar. Yeah, I think he's cool. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Treat him mean. Like Treat him mean keeps you keen. That's what Tim does. He's the bad What boy. about some of those backline guys? It feels to me like, um, you know, uh, a couple of those Geelong. What's the, the name of the really good Geelong backmen? Kind of, well, Blixars. Blixars, is he cool? I don't know. I don't know anything about him. I couldn't even pick him out of a lineup. No, Just Tom like Stewart, I'm thinking of. Oh, he's, he's, nah, he's he not cool. He seems cool. Nah. Is he not cool? No, because I think about that rundown he did last year or the year before, and that just showed desperation. And cool guys cool guys don't run people down. They just walk slowly and they stop and light a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> cool guys don't show desperation or heart. Like, that's that's what you don't want. Cool guys don't do one percenters. That's what I'd say. If your team has a cool guy, then he doesn't do pressure acts. Okay, so it rules you out. You're like, yeah. oh, no, he's too cool. He's too cool to go for that second effort. He's too cool to lay a smother. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what, right, about the, what, about, what about the Giants? Who's a cool uh, guy at the Giants? Who got yeah, no, all of them? Here's, here's the bigger question. Who's not the cool guy at the Giants? <laughs> They're all cool guys down at the yeah. Giants. I reckon Himmelberg is probably the coolest because he's got the hair... You know, he looks a bit like he looks a bit like the douchebag guy from um, uh, Goodwill Hunting. You know, the one mm. who tries to humiliate Will in the bar. And how do you like them apples? He's got that long sort of stringy hair. Uh, I I think Lockie Whitfield probably is cool. He, well, he yeah, apparently. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's a guy you want to party with. Anyway, you, you cool man? You yeah. cool? 
<laughs> You're not a cop, right? No, we're cool. We're cool, man. What about Brisbane? I reckon uh, um, Rainer. It's got the haircut. Yeah, Rainer's cool. Yeah, Freo? and certainly Rainer's not doing any one percenters. No. <laughs> or any of the 99 percenters most of the time, to be honest. Frio, Nat Fife would be the coolest of them, would you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, unless Jesse Hogan. Jesse Hogan's got the bad boy thing going on. He's more your bad boy. It, that is cool. Like, I mean, there is an element of like, you know, if you could meet somewhere between Jesse Hogan and Nat Fife, you, you're in a pretty cool circle, I would have thought. <laughs> what about Port? Uh, who's the coolest player at Port? Um, oh, gee. Um, cool. This is a hard one, actually. Who is uh, cool I mean, on the... Yeah, oh, you, I mean, instinctively you'd think Robbie Gray, but it's like, no, nah, he, mm. he seems to care too much. Yeah. Oh, Charlie Charlie Dixon? Is he cool? Yeah. No, I don't think he's cool. No. I don't think he's a cool guy. What about Paddy, um, Paddy Ryder? Is Paddy Ryder cool? Maybe. I don't know. He might well, be cool. Well, I, I think he's kind of cool. You know who because... I reckon? Could, we might have a rising cool star. Yeah. Because Rosie... Uh, Connor Rosie, oh, yes. you recruit. He strikes me as a guy who's got a lot of cool upside, a lot yeah. of cool potential. Yeah, any if you're guy talking who a goes rising for... star of cool, he would be way out in front. <laughs> any guy who goes for a bounce in the wet and then just like yeah. laconically <laughs> slots it from forty out, cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, okay, what about oh, we talked about the Tigers, didn't we? West Coast, JJK. Yeah, JJK. He's cool. Uh, Bombers. Uh, who's the coolest player at the Bombers? Um. I guess Jake Stringer's not cool, is he? No, no. He's in the Dugowie category. Yeah, he's your bad boy. Ah, cool. Um, well, Waller, is he cool? No, he tries Waller too cool? hard. He Too many one percenters. Doesn't really, yeah. He, yeah, no, too, too many tough tackles. Down oh, the Dylan Shield. Dylan Shield. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Smooth. Maybe that was the problem with the Bombers. They felt like they didn't have enough cool on their list. Is Joe Danaher cool? Nah, goofy. Goofy. Okay, all right. There you go. <laughs> All right, that's good. That's good. Um, here's the rule. Can't find anything about Stevenson not wearing underpants, uh, Mike House says, but found the rule. It's rule 4.1 clubs in uniforms. Uh, stipulation A, for the purposes of these regulations, I is a uniform. Okay, a uniform includes, but is not limited to, a, a Guernsey, shorts, undershorts, socks, headbands, and gloves. Now, that doesn't mean that all of those are compulsory, though, because... You don't have to wear a headband and you don't have to wear gloves. I want to know what what Under is compulsory. Shorts. Is it compulsory for you to wear underpants in a game of AFL? Like, I think most people would do it, but is it compulsory? I doubt it would be compulsory because, I mean, how are they going to check? How are they going to know? Unless they... Well, I like mean, the um- there's really one very obvious way that they might know. When your balls or your doodle fall out. Oh, I'd like to see, like, the umpire go to bounce the ball, but then stop and point out a player and say, hey... There's no visible panty line underneath your shorts. Well, remember at country football, they always used to do fingernail checks. Did they yeah. do that at city football as well? Yeah. Yeah. Fingernail yeah. checks and stud checks. Yeah. So studs and fingernails before the game. And in netball, they used to do like, you know, under underwear checks. So this is really, you know, maybe Razor Ray pops down to the rooms before the game and checks that everybody's not basic instincting it. Mike, Mike House found some more information on other apparel. So... Uh, section B, undershorts may be worn by a player provided that the material is of a neutral beige color only and does not contain any sponsor advertising. Okay, so that's that's not specifying where they – that's just saying they no. will allow you to wear something. But that – undershorts, that presumes 
I think the writing that presumes is underwear involved anyway. Right, and it presumes, but it doesn't... Is this, I mean, sock, I know you, is this Sockgate for 2019? I mean, I want to know. Oh, hang on. Jaden Stevenson's lack of underwear. What's this? We're, I'm, I've found a reference here. Oh, it's on a podcast. Okay, we're going to have to... Can't do that. Let's Jaden Stevenson. Let's see if we can... Uh, oh, no. It's... um. Jaden Stevenson underwear. Let's uh, news. <laughs> Let's see if there's any news. Uh, no, can't find it. But apparently there is a reference to it um, uh, on uh, on a podcast. So Jaden Stevenson's lack of underwear. So, do you think that goes into um, the opposition team planning? Like knowing that Jaden Stevenson doesn't wear underwear, do you think that helps like your defensive coach strategize how to slow him down? Well, I would have thought so. Right, I would have thought yeah. it'd be one of those things where. You know, like if Stevenson's dominating early, which he you know, has a tendency to, you've just got to dack him. Yeah. You've just got to dack him because you can't imagine that he's packing massive heat in the underwear, in the kind of undercarriage or, or it'd be falling out the bottom of his shorts, right? Yeah. So Get into you're his imagining head, mate. that it's not massive and you wouldn't want like, you know, 90,000 people at the MCG to, to see it if you dacked him. Yeah. I mean, I think you don't even need to get as far as the dacking i think you just get get someone out there like a like a, a hayden ballantyne a real a real yapper and get him and get into his ear and start say, questioning put that into his into his mind say hey mate i know you don't wear underwear you must be uh, you must be pretty undersized be pretty pretty embarrassing if someone was to pull your shorts down in a tackle wouldn't it throw him right off his game i mean why has this even come out like how do we how is this i don't know I you mean, brought I know it up there's not a lot of information about it but did you just dream know. this? <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of references. I'm going to have to do some extra research. <laughs> I'm literally going to have to do some extra research. In the meantime, if any listeners out there know of any players, like maybe at your club or, or, or you know, whatever competition you're playing, that did not play with underwear, let us know. Write into us. Uh, send us a message on the Facebook page and let us know your no underwear stories. I mean, I've heard of no undie mundy and stuff like that, but... No, I, oh yeah, okay. Well, I'm, I'm very, I mean, that, that'd be great if that was David Mundy's secret that he played for mm. so long because he was actually no undie Mundy <laughs> and, and wore a pair of underwear in his entire 300 games that he's played for Frio. By the way, it will be a great loss to the game when David Mundy eventually retires from the game because he mm. is keeping alive that typical Western Australian, Australian football look as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that stringy two-minute noodle haircut. Once that goes... What's first? They came for our WA haircuts. Then they came for our shark's tooth necklaces. Then they came for our just jeans, short sleeve shirts. <laughs> David Mundy, definitely not cool. Uh, <laughs> what about uh, the Bulldogs? Who's your coolest player? Is it JJ? I reckon JJ probably is. The only thing that might disqualify him is that idea of the sort of Nathan Fife like, is he trying too hard to be cool? Like Does he have like a T-shirt label or something? What's his What's his side projects? Well, he certainly has a bit of um, like you know, loves the American sports and the way right. that they dress up and and that sort of thing. So a bit styled on that. Bont's not cool, is he? He's a bit of a Fitzroy hipster, but he has a cool like he's got that presence of like I'm not trying to be cool, but I'm probably just cool anyway. Well, Bob Murphy was the epitome of cool. Like he yeah. you legitimately could not get anyone like more sort of unique and interested in rock and roll and had tattoos and was a thinker, all those and, and really his own person. So I think maybe the 
the shadow of, of Bob Murphy over the club has meant that no one's really been able to rise to that level since. Uh, Michael, can you see if you can find a uh, Marcus Bontempelli player profile, like one where he's answered a bunch of questions about what his interests are and stuff like that? Because um, that's where we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. I see Bont around sort of your, your Collingwood, Fitzroy. He's got that sort of Bob Murphy sort of style to him. Very humble, you know. Mm. That's the Bulldogs' way. I did notice that with Norton, you know, when they was being interviewed after the game. And he's, you know, taken nine contested marks, which is only one behind Wayne Carey's record of 10. And he re- his whole interview was very much, oh, I still think I'm a better backline player. And, you know, it's just good, good to have a kick. And it's nice to be at the club. And I was just like, wow. You you have the swagger on the field, but you certainly do not have the swagger in the interview post-game. Um, here we go. Pocket profile, Marcus Bontempelli. This is from 2017. Okay. So we're talking a couple of years ago. Let's see if he was cool back then. Uh, okay, nickname, Bonty. Uh, club supporter as kid, Richmond. That's, yeah, okay. Hang that's on, sorry, cool just already. pause. His nickname is Bonty. Yeah. But we all call him the Bont. Well, he's Does the he... Bont now. He's graduated to being the Bont. Okay. But, you know, I, I don't think when you're you know, 19 years old and you rock up the club, you go, my nickname is The Bond. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like The Bond is a nickname you have thrust upon you rather than a nickname you thrust upon uh, yourself. Um, Best moment in junior footy? Kicked a goal for the first time. Okay. Before the game, I always walk and listen to music. Uh, Okay. All right. Um, uh, as a footballer, how would you like to be remembered? Honest. Okay. It's not very cool at this stage, to be honest. No. Uh, um, all-time favorite player, Matthew Richardson. Okay. That's cool. He was cool. He was a cool player. Richo was definitely cool. Uh, Eddie had a roof, open or shut. Shut, please. That's cool. It should always be shut. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that really cool? That is cool. Yeah, because you always want it to be like nighttime. You know what I mean? It's like being at a club. You don't want to be in the outdoors in the middle of the day. <laughs> okay, you want to pretend sure. you're not at Docklands. That's cool. All right. Um, what would you like to do on your day off? Watch a movie? Okay. Well, it doesn't really. There's not a lot of, not a lot of really specific information we're getting from Bondi here. Um, all right. Uh, which singer or band okay, would you go. like to see perform at the AFL mm. Grand Final? The answer a lot. Yeah, well, this determines one way or the other whether he's cool or not cool. And I'm going to suggest, based on this answer, Charlie, not cool. Because uh, uh, it's fair to, Well, the, the band name uh, has a number in it. Do you want to have a guess? Maroon 5? You're in the right zone. 30 seconds to Mars. No. <laughs> no? Matchbox 20. What? Yeah. No one listens to Matchbox 20. They haven't released an album in like 20 years. Actually, Rob Rob Thomas has a new solo album out that he was actually oh, promoting. Oh, I forgot who week. you work for these days. Yeah, you would know, <laughs> wouldn't you? Played live at Eddie's desk. <laughs> Holy shit. A, wow. A young person liking Matchbox 20. That's an anachronism. Um, I will tell you this. Uh, Rob... Uh, Rob Thomas was was on our show last week and uh, he was actually a really nice guy and he was uh, telling me a great story about smoking weed with Willie Nelson on Willie Nelson's tour bus. So anyway, I'm a bit more of a fan of... So I'm going to say that Rob Thomas, possibly cool, but Bonty, loving Matchbox 20, not cool. Not cool. Oh, hang on. Wait, there might be a comeback here, Charlie. Favourite city in the world to visit? Amsterdam. Amsterdam. 
You're back. He's cool. You're cool, Bonty. <laughs> You're back in. <laughs> What's next on your travel bucket list? New York. Okay, brilliant. Getting Going better. better now. Childhood hero. Now, this is this is where I would suggest, uh, hopefully he's taking the piss, but maybe he's not. Uh, apparently his childhood hero was the Red Power Ranger. Joking. He's clearly joking. Uh, your wife, partner, or best friend would describe you as relaxed. Um, well, that's a cool, that's a cool that's characteristic, cool. to be relaxed. Uh, least preferred household chore, taking the bins out. Um, cool people don't take the bins out, I'd imagine. No, so that no way, Ma. Most admired you don't can tell me what to do. <laughs> bins. Uh, most admired people you'd like to meet. LeBron James, cool yeah. choice. Yeah. Roger Federer, yeah, pretty cool choice. No, neither of those are particularly cool or interesting. If it really? was like Colin Kaepernick or something like that, you'd be like, oh, interesting. But, you know, LeBron's very, like, obvious. Okay, you know what? Our favorite TV show, not cool, Friends. So, <laughs> sorry, nah. not cool, Ponty. No, nah, I think we're really trying to make him cool, but he's, he just sounds normal. He sounds normal. No, I would say, yeah, I'm going to say not cool. Um, All right, we'll, we'll leave JJ as the Bulldogs' coolest player. What about the Hawks? They've got a few to choose from, I reckon. Um. Yeah, the Hawks. So, who's their coolest player? Well, Is Chad Wingard. Chad Wingard would like to be their coolest player, I think. But I reckon it's Isaac Smith. Oh yeah, Isaac Smith's pretty cool. The way that little wink he gave to the Geelong guy before he took that shot and goal in that prelim was it a prelim or a semi? That was pretty cool. Yeah, Isaac Smith is cool. Ben Stratton is cool. Yeah, Ben Stratton's um, cool. Who else is cool? At Hawk. The Hawk Hawks. Horn. James Sicily. <laughs> Is he cool? No, he's Steve he's Sanders. Cool. No, he's more the, the he's more the person that if you're at a nightclub and uh, you know, as a group of you, and say ben, ben Stratton came over, and you know Isaac Smith came over, and then James Sicily came over, and he was on the edge. Somebody would lean into the other two and go, "Hey, hey, your mate. Is he cool? <laughs> Is he cool? Should we get rid of him? Is he cool? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's always one dickhead in the group. Yeah. Oh, what about the Suns? Um, don't know any. I don't know who the, any of them are. Jared Harper no. is he cool? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know who the coolest player at the Suns is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if. What about North Melbourne? Bit of the same issue, right? They don't have a. I mean, is Ben is Cunnington cool? Ben Cunnington, I think, maybe not cool, but if it was a movie. And you had to get a badass into your unit, like you're going on some suicide mission. Mm. You'd go find Ben Cunnington in one of those kind of like he's he's doing some illegal underground fighting thing, and you have to sort of like he's drinking whiskey after he's just like beating the shit out of some guy. Like so, he's cool in that sense. He's your Wolverine, Ben Cunnington. Yeah, he's he's living in the mountains. Yeah, in some log cabin that he yeah. constructed himself. He yeah. used to work for some government agency, yeah. and now he's just paying his bills doing underground street fights. <laughs> what about Melbourne? Who's the coolest player at Melbourne? Well, here's the problem with Melbourne. They all think they're cool. Yeah. That's the, that's the Melbourne problem. They all think they're... they're is, um, I mean, well, we, we sort of said Max Gorn is the coolest, yes. but he doesn't look cool. No. Well, Jaden Hunt looks the coolest, doesn't he? Is he yeah, he does. Cool? He's wearing his headband. He's headband. got his flying hair. He looks cool. <laughs> I love how the headband is enough to make him cool. Doesn't work for Reece Stanley, does it? Uh, no, no, it doesn't. Uh, okay, and then the last uh, uh, is the Swans. So I guess that's pretty obvious who the coolest player at the Swans Buddy. is. Buddy. Easy. Buddy's, Buddy's. 
I mean, Buddy could be the coolest in the entire league, right? I mean, he'd be right up there. If you were trying to pick the coolest player in the league, Buddy's, Buddy's still hard to beat in the cool stakes. Who's the coolest player of all time? Who's the coolest player oh. who ever played the game? I mean, I think at some stage Dermot would have been, but yes. unfortunately, like a lot of cool people, like sometimes if you try to keep being cool, yeah. post your cool, yeah. like you've got to kind of age gracefully because yeah. if you end up being one of those people who's like, no, 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 I'm still cool. Yeah. I'm still cool. Eventually, you're like, that guy's not cool anymore. You know who Dermot is? He's the Johnny Depp of AFL. Yeah. <laughs> In his day, it was so cool. But now it's like, oh, dude, you kind of look a bit weird now. You're just a bit <laughs> old for bangles now, mate. Yeah, just get rid of the earrings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's good to have you back. Half an hour in and we have not talked about any football of any great substance. What about the uh, Gary Ablett? So as of recording this, Gary last night was exonerated, cleared of his high hit on Dylan Shear. What did you think of that? Yeah, I, I thought that, um, I kind of thought exactly what would happen would happen. I thought that he'd probably get charged because technically, because of the um, the, the way that the, you know, the MRO or the MRP works is that they've got guidelines and you tick some boxes. And so technically in the, you know, box ticking mm. that he was going to be in trouble, but I thought he'd get off at the tribunal. I thought they, there's three things they get. They get to consider an extra thing at the tribunal for a start, but I just thought that was a classic one where he'll get charged, he'll get a week, they'll take it to the tribunal, he'll get overturned. There's this clause that I wasn't actually aware of, but the, there is a literal good behavior clause. And right. the fact that he's played like 320 games and never been suspended um he was always going to get, I reckon he would have always got off on that, let alone anything else. And, but also he should just get off on the, he's playing amazing football and we're all really enjoying it. Let's not fuck it up clause. I was surprised That would have been though, my argument. The replay, I mean, I know it's always difficult when you watch something in slow motion on a replay, but he left the ground and he did make high contact. I know it was fairly minimal impact, but I don't know. I was, I was just sort of surprised. I was also surprised to see who was on the tribunal. It was Shane Wakelin, Stewie Lowe, one of the guys whose name I can't remember. Are those guys permanent tribunal members or is it like a rotating system of ex-players? I believe there's a rotating panel that they choose from because not everyone's always available because it's like, it's not a, you need to have a pool that you can kind of draw from because you never know when somebody's going to need to go to the tribunal. But yeah. well, I think also that what you said is right is that I think in the replay, it looked worse than it was in real time. In yeah. real time, it looked like he was literally just trying to kind of protect the fall and a free kick was... Like, it was a free kick, no doubt, mm. but it just didn't feel like he was trying to hit him in the head to me. I mean, it would be great if the prosecuting QC, because you, the quotes they had in the paper were pretty snarky. Like, we talked about, well, it's pretty interesting that a man with such perfect balance over 300 games, you know, suddenly loses balance for this one incident. It'd be great if there's like an unredacted QC report that comes out this week <laughs> where he just I mean, puts all I, his findings well, together. Or even better, I, I would love if it was like, if it was said in that way, you know, where it was like, you know, it was just like, well, it's pretty <laughs> suspicious that a man with perfect balance suddenly didn't have perfect balance in this situation. What say you to that, Gary Ablett? <laughs> They're like, does this QC have brain damage? I think maybe we need to get better reps. 
<laughs> I like to think of like the tribunal as being like, you know, in Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure when they accidentally go into the future and they see that tribunal of like judges of the future hall it's like a darkened room and they're all sitting on these like enormous thrones in robes i'd love to see like that's gablet walks in and there's like stewie low and shane wakelin on these big thrones and dark cast in shadow i mean guilty it would be great if they just took that upon themselves to do that because <laughs> what would happen if like for example if you rock up to the tribunal and you're, you're one of the people who were on the panel and you just come in because i can't imagine they I mean, maybe they do. Maybe they say, hey, wear a suit or whatever. But I can't imagine that they would spend a lot of time telling the people what they have to wear if they're sitting on the tribunal, right? No. So you just one night rock up in like in a Grim Reaper style robe. <laughs> or like one of those judges' wigs, like the, the <laughs> yeah. knitted judges' wigs. And you just wear it. And Stewie Lowe in a knitted woolen judges' wig. <laughs> Guilty with like just a huge because he's got those big hands like he's got a yeah. huge gavel like an oversized <laughs> a comically oversized gavel and they have to say to him buckets mate we don't use a gavel in this process <laughs> um what what about the saints uh i didn't see any of that well you know what that's not true i was um i was doing a class on saturday and i had a lunch break that sort of coincided with the first quarter and that first quarter was where gws just went fucking ballistic i think they kicked like eight goals to our one goal two and i was like okay i don't need to i need to watch any more of this and then when i um saw the result i was like i don't i don't from from my saints loving friends all the messages i got afterwards because that's what happens is i literally have to put my phone in flight mode if I'm not watching a game because I become the center point for not only just Saint supporters, but all my friends who know I'm a Saint supporter love to message me either. They're watching the first quarter. In fact, I mean, Adam Spencer, the son of a bitch, sends me a text as I'm walking out of my class on my lunch break. There's a text on my phone where Adam says, looking good so far. And I was like, oh, great. I turned it on and the game had literally been going for 30 seconds. I don't know what the hell he was talking about. Like the warm-up well, or something? I mean, technically he got in at the right time because yeah. there wasn't a lot of opportunities after that to actually send that text message. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, I kind of was getting a few people sending me messages saying that's probably the worst performance we've had this year. But look, here's the thing. We have been overperforming. Uh, you know, considering our injuries and stuff, and we had a bunch of players who went out before that game, and we had a, a an Irishman who's playing his third game of AFL on Jeremy Cameron. <laughs> you know, the guy widely tipped to win the Coleman who could potentially win the Brownlow. So, you know, I think we're always behind the eight ball. Um, I'm not too worried at the moment. I think we will lose to the teams that are better than us, and I think we're a chance with, you know, we're mid we're a mid-table team. I don't know... If we could if we could get into the bottom half of the eight, then I'd be wrapped with that. But I think that this week we or this fortnight we have uh, I think we've got Collingwood and Geelong, so we'll know where we are in relation to the big boys after playing Adelaide, GWS, Collingwood and Geelong. We'll get a fair idea of where the Saints are sitting, and as long as we can sort of put in a good showing, I mean I think we're playing West Coast on Saturday, and I think we're a sneaky chance to win that. So if we can go. Five three, or if we can get to you know ten, five and five, I'll be happy with that. Uh, it is one of those things where 
you, you don't want to get unrealistic expectations. Like you, you, because then you'd feel bad. You're like, if you'd been mm. told where you were at this stage of the season, at the start of the season, you'd be like, great, we'll take that. Particularly with the injuries you have and the players you've had out, to have the results that you guys have had so far, you would just be absolutely wrapped but then you just get a little bit excited about oh hang on this is going better than it should be and then you get disappointed that you lose to gws or something and you're like well we should never beat gws yeah. <laughs> what am i talking about like they're, they're the best or second best team in the entire competition jeremy cameron might be the first forward in like 20 years to kick 100 goals in a season yeah, yeah we probably should lose to them yeah and and the like I was saying at the start of the show, it feels like that kind of season where, you know, it, it's so even that anyone can win on the day, anyone can lose on the day. So unless you are a Collingwood or a Geelong who just seem to have all the shit together, they have the right players coming good at the right time. I mean, I don't want to keep harping on about statistics, Will, but I think we fielded the youngest or second youngest team in the AFL on the weekend. So I'm keeping it all in perspective. I would like to see us win more games than last year we're already we've won as many as last year so my bar for a satisfying season is not that hard if we don't yeah. win another Your bar game for, for a satisfying season, season is if we win one more game for the rest of the season it's a victory mate that's how st kilda's fans are talking at the moment like we are really that battle scarred uh i, I had uh, there's a great blog this guy um tom brabilia right i think that's how you pronounce his name he writes this great um a Saints blog. So every week he reviews a game long form, a bit Bob Murphy-esque in the way he does his writing style. But he sort of talks about how he's getting nervous that there's shades of 2014 when we finished last, where we won three out of our first five games, but we only won four games for the year. Like it started off with this real, you know, upswing of positivity and then just the, it all fell apart. Like with the injuries we have, it's going to, it's, the longer the season goes on, the more exposed we're going to get as these young players, you know, start to tire. And the other thing is that Richmond have showed us that if you like, even a team that's as well drilled and as good as Richmond are, and I think Richmond will probably still play finals, but like without, if you're missing three or four of your absolute best players, it's still very hard to win week in, week out in this competition. So, you know, the Saints all kind of almost went into the season missing those players. So there is a chance you get a couple of those back at some stage and you're actually a better team, right? Yeah, but don't you think more than that, it's consistency? Like it's having players who have spent a significant amount of time together and they've just got that chemistry, you know, they know the systems really well. I think even if you bring back your guns in the last six rounds, like A, they're probably going to be underdone, but then just catching up with the kind of the the synchronicity of the system and and you know just getting to know their teammates i think it, it's 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 really hard to manufacture in short notice is hannabury cool is dan hannabury cool um that's a good question i think maybe he is i think well i think in a team where there's not much competition i think dan hannabury is kind of cool i mean if you think about it like if it was 90210, because that's my go-to <laughs> defining yeah, whether or clearly. not someone, if it's if it's the Dylan Walsh test, uh, like he's come in from another place where he had a bit of a reputation, so he's got yep. that he comes in with bit the bad, a bad boy, boy image, but he also is a guy you know who can sort of perform, like he's a bit plays with heart, so he's got the heart of gold that you want. Um, he was and really he's good mates with the coolest guy in the entire competition. Yeah, that's right. He's best mates with the the really cool guy. 
So I think, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll take that. Dan Hanabry is St Kilda's coolest player. He has to be rebuilt, but he's our coolest player. Is there a, a possibility that that's why he was recruited? Yes. That's the thing. Like, you know, that Alan Richardson's looked at the list and he's found a lot of really positives, a lot of things very pleasing, but mm. he's been alarmed at the lack of cool they have down at the Saints. Yeah. And they just really went out and tried to draft some cool into the club. Yeah, if you go into the team meeting room, there's just a huge poster of Luke Perry. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like we need more That's of why this. Alan Richardson's not actually that worried about the fact that he's not playing. He's like, yeah. it's not really what we recruited him for. You know, <laughs> the good news is over summer, he had a great summer. They're like, well, he couldn't get on the track. He's like, oh, no, we don't care about that. He was at the Portsy Polo. Uh, he was down at Q Nightclub. Uh, you know, he was drinking three or four nights a week, uh, meeting a lot of girls. Like, we really, we've just really been impressed by his offseason. <laughs> Uh, Collingwood, I think our two tips for uh, uh, um, the premierships, you picked Geelong, I picked Collingwood, uh, we're shaping up to probably be the best two teams of the comp. I mean, I know I West Coast are in a bit of a flat patch, but... I reckon there's th three in a, at the moment. And look, there's a long season, but at the moment, if you had to pick a premier, it would be GWS, the Cats or the Pies. Who do you want to win out of that? Three. Uh, it's an interesting question. Um, I'd be actually, to be honest, I'd be I'd be happy with any of those three. I Would think they're you? all, yeah. I reckon they're all really good teams. I reckon they've all been through enough that you don't feel like it's and you know Cheap. it's been a while since. I mean, look, Geelong. It hasn't been that long, but it's been enough time that you'd be happy, particularly with you know Ablett getting towards the end. And it, you know, if he if Ablett managed to play in another premiership. You know, for Geelong, that'd be a great story. I think the Pies are probably the best team in it. And um, and then I would say GWS are pretty close. And I think GWS have earned their stripes, you know. They've got to the point where I don't think people would be devastated if GWS won it now. So they're all pretty good teams, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't, I don't want Geelong to win just because we've, we've heard it before, we've seen it before. Uh, Collingwood, obvious reasons, I don't want them to win, but... If I'm if I'm in my heart of hearts, if I'm really honest, I do like Collingwood. I like watching them play. I like Nathan Buckley. I think he's the most interesting coach in the AFL right now. Um, and then GWS, it's like I think they're amazing. I love watching GWS. But do I want to see a team become equal on flags with St Kilda that's only been around for seven years? I mean, you may as well, right? No, you can't, you, because you you're not going to be able to lean into a story of success. That's well beyond you. Like in your lifetime, they're never going to win the 13 or 14 premierships they'd need to for you to be considered as like a guy who barracks for a successful club. So you might as well lean into the, you know, the story of being a loser. You know, it makes it even better when if St Kilda actually managed to win a premiership that say GWS got one before, you know, you guys got one in the modern era. I think that would actually just makes the story even more powerful. Yeah, I guess so. For them... No, for the Saints as well, you know, because like Why? when you then it comes. Well, because you were right down. You hit rock bottom before you came back up. Well, <laughs> technically, rock bottom would be Gold Coast winning one before you guys. <laughs> I mean, the Bulldogs did. So you're almost there. Oh, God. Hey, um, have we got time for a, a bit of correspondence? Yeah, let's do a, a quick bit and then do uh, this weekend's games. Oh, by the way, we should just mention the Adelaide. Fremantle game, which was possibly the worst game of football I've ever seen in my entire life. I didn't see any of that game, and I'm glad uh, I didn't. Yeah, it was like the, the, it was just I've never seen a more terrible, low-scoring game in good conditions. A more terrible game. Uh, so Blake writes in, 
uh, hope this isn't too introspective for the pod, but I was curious how much you're barracking for your respective clubs. Uh, I'm curious how much you're barracking for your respective clubs as you aged. I don't know what that means. At 34 years old, I've finally thrown out the pair of boots I had in the garage just in case the Swans called me up, and I'm genuinely and I'm genuinely looking forward to exploring how my support for the team will change without me constantly judging myself against the players on the screen. Totally get it if you don't use the question. Thanks, guys. Well, we did use the question. I guess what you're saying is, uh, did you ever have aspirations to play for the Bulldogs? How serious were they? And has that changed or affected your barracking for them? Well, I do think there is a, a point of time in your life where, A, you become older than the oldest player. Because yeah. it's still the oldest player in the league. Like when I look at Sh- Sean Burgoyne or whatever, you know, or I look at Gary Ablett at 35, mm. they feel older than me still. Yeah. You know, like I still look at them and they go, gee, they, they seem like old men, you know, because they're old footballers, even though technically, you know, I'm, well, I mean, technically, actually, I'm like 10 years older than both of them, right? So <laughs> yeah. technically, you know, the way time works, time and yeah. age works. I'm aware. Technically, I'm a decade older than it, when, you know, Nathan Buckley or someone comes into the radio, you always think, oh, look at this, you know, adult. Whereas you're like, I'm the same age as Nathan Buckley. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, he's not an old man compared to me. But I don't think... I think that every AFL player is better than I ever was at football. So every single AFL player on every single list is better than I ever was at football. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I don't think I... I I was well aware of my limitations as a junior footballer. I never never thought I was going to get drafted or anything. But that thing of being older than a player... Because I remember when I used to go to the footy and buy the footy record... The first thing I'd always go is to the date of birth. And I remember when I started seeing, oh, geez, these are getting closer to my age. And now knowing that I'm so much older than even our retired players, like I'm older than Nick Revolt. I'm older than Lenny Hayes. <laughs> it's very, uh, it's uh, very humbling. <laughs> well, I'm at the age now when like there was a period of time where the players were sort of a similar age to me, or at least in that zone where, so you might see them out at a, a bar or like, you know, at a function, whatever. And you go and like chat to them because you'd have shit in common. Mm. But now when I talk to like, you know, Bont and these ones, I actually do feel like, because I'm old enough to be their parents. I'm probably actually the, a similar age to what their parents are. And then suddenly you're just like, oh God, I'm that old guy who like, I don't even want to talk to you guys. Like what, what do we have in common? I can't talk to you about, you know, the Red Power Ranger or Max, Matchbox 20. <laughs> I don't have these references. <laughs> Tim writes in, uh, hey, Wee Wee and CC. Okay. Just a question or two I thought you could help me with. I live in Adelaide and I'm a massive footy fan. At least once a year, I like to travel to the Mecca of footy for a weekend and watch as many games as possible. My okay, first so question you're is... you're talking about um, Metricon Stadium, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My first question is with the underpredictability of some teams this year. And can you suggest a round which you think would be a rip snorter to head over for? Uh Fuck, no, I, I couldn't help you there. Will, any tips for a round that might be good? I mean, probably I would have said Anzac Day would have been good to get over for, but you missed it <laughs> Well, by the time we read this anyway. Well, any of those kind of specialist game rounds, yeah. right? Like anytime there's an event and they have like a I, – I always say, oh, you know what? The Freeze MND game is always oh, yeah. a, an amazing game of football and obviously for a really good cause as well. So – you know, something like that, I reckon, is always a good one to come over. I mean, for. if you if you if you want to keep on driving up the road to Queensland, you could go for the next Q Clash. I mean, as we all know, 
Yeah, but we just had a Q clash. You can't hold on that long for the next Q clash. (laughs) Marquee game. Second question. I have a mate who loves footy who I usually make the annual trip with, but in the last year I've met a girl and things are going really well. Okay. She's also a big fan of Melbourne and has said how she would love to go with me. Now, my big dilemma is my footy-loving mate and my girlfriend do not, in capitals, get along. And to avoid conflict, I only want to invite one. Do I invite my mate? and tap out on footy games and partying or my beautiful loving girlfriend for guaranteed sex. <laughs> Thanks. Love the pod and love you guys. Firstly, I mean, here's, firstly, yeah, here's what on. I would say. Yeah. This is the year 2019. Having a girlfriend does not just guarantee you sex. Yeah. It's whether she is up for the sex or not, but I understand the kind of vague point that you're making. Mm. Um, here's what I would like to see him do. What's what's our, our correspondent's name? Um uh, <laughs> First name, just first I don't name. Know. Don't... I've just already scrolled past it. Um, oh, okay, all right. Whatever, uh, buddy. Buddy. Just call him buddy. So, buddy, this is what I would say to you. If I've learned nothing from sitcoms of the 70s and 80s, what you've got to do is invite them both. Oh, Tim. But His not Tim, let... sorry. Tim. Yeah. Tim, you've got to invite them both, but not let either of them know that the other one is there and constantly be rushing from oh, one yes. thing to the other thing to make sure that they're both having a good time. <laughs> or just talk your best mate into giving you a hand job in the car on the drive over. I mean, I just like to see, like, you know, they're out at a fancy restaurant, for example, you know, Tim and his girlfriend, and he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to duck outside for a minute, make a phone call. He runs down to the MCG, watches a quarter of footy, and then he says to his mate, he's like, mate, I'm just going to go get us some beers from the bar, rushes back to the restaurant, you know, has dessert with his girlfriend, yeah. has the rush back. That's what I want to see. And it, yeah, and he's also going to be wearing two different outfits. Like, he's got to yeah. be wearing, like, a nice shirt and stuff. And, he, and then he gets confused and he runs into the restaurant, but he's wearing his footy scarf. And she's like, where'd you get that? And he's like, uh, they were giving them away on the street. He's still got his face partly painted in his team colours. Yeah. All right, let's move on to tips, shall we? Yes. Michael, can you bring up the games this week? On a Friday night, Sydney take on Essendon at the SCG. Uh, boy, boy, oh boy. As discussed with Spence last week, Sydney are in a rebuild. Um, the SCG is no longer the fortress it was. Essendon will be smarting and looking to beat someone up. I think the Bombers in this game. Uh, I think that you're probably right. Everything that makes sense suggests that you are right. But I'm just gonna I've got a funny feeling about this that uh, Sydney, uh, yeah, Sydney are definitely in a rebuild, and and but I do think they're just gonna you know snatch one every now and again. And I didn't think they were actually terrible. Uh, I watched Sydney play, and I didn't think they were terrible. In fact, Papley played one of the best games I've ever seen him play. I thought he was really fantastic. Um, I'm going to say Sydney. I'm going to say Sydney win that. What's your read on Essendon? Like, Don't know that, yet. Yeah, it's hard to tell, isn't it? Like, They had that purple patch for about three weeks. We're like, oh, okay, this is the Essendon we thought we were going to see. And then it's like, oh, maybe they're not as good as we thought. Well, I think they played a really good team on the weekend, so it's a bit hard to tell. And... Mm. Stringer was great. Like, he was really good. Like, he's he's really turning into some good form now for Essendon. Like, on paper, I reckon Essendon win that. But I just, I don't, I don't I'm, I'm yet to be convinced by the Bombers. Not quite sure yet. On Saturday, the Western Bulldogs take on the Lions on the planet Mars. Yeah, on the planet Mars. Um, actually, harder to get to than the planet Mars because it's <laughs> at Ballarat. 
um, where we have a terrible record. We have actually, like, it's meant to be our fortress and it's terrible. We play terribly there. We don't like it very much. Um, but I, I, and Brisbane are good. Like, I watched them play on the weekend and they are genuinely a, a very good team. But I, as I always do, I'm going to pick the Bulldogs. Um, shit. Have you won in Ballarat? Don't know if we actually have won there yet. <laughs> Okay, we certainly pick, do not have a good record there. I'm going to pick the Lions then, <laughs> just because of the ground. I don't think the Lions have won much in Ballarat either, but yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> um, you know, 20 years ago, this would probably be the biggest game of the year. Um, yep. Not so much anymore. It's Carlton taking on Collingwood at the MCG. I mean, after the week that Carlton has had, oh. like they were embarrassing, and then Collingwood, you know possibly premiership favourites. Carlton have a habit of getting up for really big games against Collingwood. You know, a couple of years ago, they you know, spoiled their 150-year celebration or whatever it was, uh, beat them that day. They play better when they play Collingwood, um, but there is no way that Carlton will win this. Collingwood will win by heaps. It's weird, isn't it? Like, Collingwood are disproving their backs against the wall theory this year. Their backs are so far from the wall, and they're still playing well. Well, is there a chance that their backs are so far from the original wall that they've got closer to another wall that we didn't notice across the room? Front on. Yeah. Fronts to the wall. Fronts to the other wall. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pick Collingwood in that game as well. The Mighty Suns take on Melbourne at Metricon Stadium. Oh, God. <sighs> now, look, there's only one outcome that would make me watch this game, and that is the Demons to get out to a big lead. Big, big lead. And them to start strutting around, thinking they've fucking got it in the bag. And then for Gold Coast to just come in, Carmichael Hunt style, and just snatch a victory after the death. That would be, that's what I want. I'm going to pick the Gold Coast, and that's my luck of the week. I would love to see that also. So fuck it, Gold Coast. Uh, Saints take on West Coast Eagles Marvel Stadium our only I believe our only Saturday night game this year the, the AFL have saw fit to give us one primetime game so big stage for us chance to make a statement um, West Coast are only just going they only just got yeah. across the line against the Wobbly. Suns last week but we have had a habit of playing teams into form this year we got Adelaide back into form uh, GWS got their mojo back uh, against us so let's hope that we don't do that I'm going to pick the Saints I reckon West Coast get their mojo back uh, and and win that, but not not by a heap, I don't think. Port Adelaide take on Adelaide. Oh, it's showdown weekend. Ooh. Our mate Tim should just stay in Adelaide for this weekend. Take I his mean, girlfriend and his best mate. It's very hard to pick this one, I reckon. Like, I don't know who... It's very hard to know what Adelaide's form is. It's very hard to know what Port Adelaide's form is week to week. I actually thought that Port weren't terrible apart from the first quarter against the Pies. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say Port Adelaide win this. Uh, Adelaide are back in form, so I'm going to say Port will win this because <laughs> that's how it goes with Adelaide. <laughs> On Sunday, Kangaroos who found a bit of, dare I say, a shin bono spirit. Well, actually, they didn't find shin bono. Hang on. My wife's calling me. I've got to hang, hang out. Well, sorry. I cancel that call. <laughs> Tim, that's what happens. Take your best, mate. You hang up on your <laughs> wife in a footy podcast after a while. Um, uh, yes, North. Uh, was it, it wasn't really shin bono spirit last week because I only beat Carlton. But 
Um, they, they they showed some form. They showed the form we all thought they were going to have at the start of the year, but they're taking on Geelong. doesn't matter. It's at Marvel. Geelong will win that game. Yeah, I reckon it's a danger game for Geelong. You know, Dangerfield's, um, you know, a bit hobbly. Yeah, you um, they might rethinking rest, that. They might re- rest a couple of players. North Melbourne have got a bit of form up and about, but no, I think Geelong win as well. Uh, yeah. I'm going to change my tip, actually. I'm going to say North win that game because I think you're right. I think Geelong have been up for a long, long time and this is a danger game. Okay, Hawks And it is on. that season where like, sometimes yeah. you can just pick a team to lose based on the fact that they've won heaps in a row. Like yeah. it's almost the reverse. It's like, oh, you know, they've been good like six weeks in a row. They're due a loss. Yeah. <laughs> Hawthorne take on GWS, the MCG. Uh, giants for me. Yeah, Giants. And the last match is Frio taking on Richmond at Optus Stadium. Uh, oh, boy. In good form. Richmond limping a little bit, but uh, who knows? Who knows? Frio were no good, though. Against, I didn't think that Frio were great against Adelaide, to be honest. Mm. Um, gee. This is a really hard game to tip. Like, Frio much better at home, obviously. Um, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um, I'm going to say Richmond, uh, off the loss of last week, travel across the country and uh, stick it up Frio at their home ground. And that is my lock of the week. <laughs> That's a very small sounding lock. Sorry, uh, I didn't... Can- I- you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. If you want to send us a message, the best way to do that is to go to our Facebook page, Two Guys, One Cup AFL. You can also go to tofop.com to check out our other great podcast. Uh, Will, do you have anything to promote? Uh, no. No, that, no that, I'm, I'm happy with that. Okay. <laughs> Play on. Not 15. Bolt. We are Two Guys, One Cup.